The Chargers lost a game that they absolutely should have won, and everything seems bad right now, but don't get it twisted. The Chargers' season is not over. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for six seasons, but this is our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making this your first listen and to make sure you never miss the show. Go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But David, today we're getting into our buy or sell, getting into the biggest Chargers storylines and overreactions, and I think the biggest overreaction right now is that the Chargers season is over. And let me be first to say, it's not pretty, and it's unlikely for their, you know, to make a playoff run and do things like that, but it's not out of the question at this point, and everyone obviously should be rooting for them to put it together over these last six games. When we're going to talk about that, or the last five games, I should say, and we'll get into that as well as if it even matters what the Chargers do over these last five games for Brandon Staley's job and what needs to happen for the Chargers to even have a chance in these next two games, huge games against the Miami Dolphins and the Tennessee Titans. And I think, you know, health has a lot to do with it, and they have to get better out of their offensive line. And then we'll also talk about how there is a position at edge rusher that now seems like the Chargers might even need to spend like a first-round pick on it going into next year when that didn't seem like as much of an issue when you have guys like Joey Bosa and Quill Mack. Now it's like a code red issue because the Chargers just have not been getting any pressure. And Asante Samuel Jr. may or may not still have a ways to go and trying to be one of the best corners in the NFL or be a really good corner in this league. But it starts, David, with just, I think, a natural reaction to have a game that you should win go that way with how tight everything is in the AFC and for the Chargers right now as far as a playoff run goes. But the Chargers dropped a game they shouldn't have dropped. The biggest thing I see out there, though, is that the Chargers season is over. So are you buying or selling that? I'm selling it because it's not true. I mean, it's just simply not true. I mean, obviously, it looks very bleak, and there are there are very good reasons for both sides of the ball, offense and defense, to be concerned whether or not the Chargers are going to be able to win the remaining games on their schedule. But the fact of the matter is, is it is definitely not over. I mean, the Chargers right. can go on a run. They can win some football games and there is still a possibility of them making the playoffs, but they have to handle their business and their margin for error. Now, after that loss to the Raiders is very, very slim. Yeah. I mean, unless you look at certain metrics, because this was from ESPN's Lindsay theory today, who said, despite yesterday's loss to the Raiders, the Chargers still have a 56.9% chance of earning a playoff berth per ESPN analytics. I don't know if I'd agree with that. It seemed like it was going to be worse. It seemed like going into this last game, win or lose, it was going to be worse than that. So I don't know the exact measurements of that and how they get there. But I can see why they would potentially doubt the other teams the Chargers are going up against. And that's the Ravens, who are 8-4 and four now. The Broncos couldn't even help the Chargers out right there and finish out that one. I had to give up a last-second touchdown. Either way, it's basically between the Chargers, the Ravens, the Patriots, and the Jets at this point. I think the Bengals are going to take the AFC North. Right. Yeah. I think the Dolphins and the Bills will all pretty much automatically at this point both make the playoffs just with where they're sitting on the season. Yeah. The schedules for those other teams are very tough, David. I mean, those very. teams. And, and I think at the same time, 
for the Chargers, I mean, I've been saying it all along, right? I mean, we knew they were going to have to get to 10 wins, more than likely, right, to give themselves yeah. a chance. They can still get there, but what I also said is I didn't trust them to take on and beat all of the, you know, the Cardinals, Raiders, Broncos, Rams, and Colts, and that they're probably going to have to win one of the two games against the Titans and the Dolphins. Now there's no maybe have to about it. I mean, the Chargers have to win one of these next two games to stay in contention, to stay in the race, and that's what Charger fans should want. Get in the yeah. dance. Give yourself a chance. I know it seems unlikely, and it is unlikely still. I don't. I would, if you had to make me guess right now, I'd say they they don't make the playoffs because I'd have to see so much improvement. I'd have to see if some guys get healthy and things like that. But they absolutely can, and there's a non-zero chance. You have to go with it, but that's only as long as you win one of these next two games because that would mean you could just have to right take out the Broncos, the Rams, and the Colts at the end of the season, which is doable even with yes. as flawed as the Chargers are. It definitely is doable, but yes, the litmus test for how the rest of the season is going to go is the next two games, and I think that's very, very clear and apparent. You have to beat either the Dolphins or the Titans if you want to give yourself any chance, and unfortunately for the Chargers, they have not beaten a good team, a plus 500 team the entire season. So mm. even me as an optimist and a ultimate Chargers homer, I'm sure people out there know that, it's still hard for me to believe it. It's hard for me to see it because the Chargers need everything to go right. They have to game yeah. plan the game of their lives. They have to go out there and execute, and they need their big stars to come out and really perform if they are going to win either one of these next two games, which are going to be extremely difficult, very physical, and they're going to be some very, very hard games to win. I mean, two teams you don't match up well against mostly because they're good, right? The Titans have a good yeah. defense and a great running back in Derrick yeah. Henry. That's obviously a matchup nightmare. Yeah. And we get Tua versus Justin Herbert this week, which also means Justin Herbert and the Chargers versus Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle and Mike McDaniels and all the rest of the parts that have made the Dolphins a really, really good team this year. So it's going to be really tough, but I, I think people, you know, just after the game, the raw emotion is, hey, the season is over. It's not. Yeah. It's is not. It unlikely. Absolutely. Sure. Can the Chargers do it? They have Justin yes. Herbert. Yes, they can do it, right? Yeah. That's the one thing. Even in seasons like this, like, Lord forbid we have to see a world where the Chargers didn't have Justin Herbert this season and have to Ugh. see what this record would look like. Ugly. You're going to have a chance, right? And, and if they can pull off a miracle one of these next two weeks, they're going to give themselves a chance to beat three bad teams in a row and to potentially make it into the playoffs. I know people don't want to hear that right now, and I know it might seem crazy that we're talking about playoffs with this specific team, but there's still a chance, right? And I think there's just some things that are going to have to happen first, but I do think we need to talk about what this means for Brandon Staley if the Chargers can't make the playoffs or really anything that happens with them for the rest of the season. Yeah. Are you buying or selling, David, that Staley's job is safe regardless of how this season ends? Yeah, I am buying it. And and the reason why is because of precedent. I mean, you look back the last three or four head coaches that the Chargers have had, they have all got at least four years on the job. And, you know, I think there is – you know, plenty of reason for Brandon Staley to say, hey, look how many guys that I'm missing out here. I'm missing one of my best pass rushers. I'm missing my left tackle. I've missed my best wide receiver for most of the season. And the injuries are just piling up on both sides of the ball. And I'm doing the best I can with what I have. And, you know, that could be seen as legitimate. I'm not saying that that's a good excuse. I'm just saying that that is possible that Brandon Staley could come to the table and say that. But, yeah, I just don't think there's really anything that could happen this year for the Chargers ownership to say, no, I'm done with you, Brandon Staley. The, you know, that's the end of the rope. I mean, yeah, we just haven't seen it. I mean, like you talked about, you'd have to go back to 1997, 1998 
to see a coach for the Chargers that didn't make it, you know, after two seasons. I got let, got let go in two seasons or less. They just yeah, have not done it years. very much. Yeah, I mean, they just haven't done it. It was Kevin Gilbride back in the day. The last coach that only got three seasons was Mike Riley between 1999 and 2001. And then this were the, these were their records. Mike Riley was 14 and 34, right? That's another thing. Kevin Gilbride, 6-16 six and 16 in those one-and-a-half seasons. Brandon Steele was 15-14, and 14, right? He's going to have close to a 500 record or even above 500 record by the time this season is over. Probably above, yeah. I would say. I mean, it seems, you know, Chargers could definitely go 9-8, and eight, right, this season and still make it above 500 again. I don't think it's going to happen. There isn't really precedent from it, not at least recently. If they did do it, and I mean, first of all, when you get done with a season like this, you question everything, right? You look yeah. at the GM. You look at the offensive coordinator, which there is some precedent for, hey, we'll keep the head coach, and we need to change the offensive coordinator. The offensive coordinator just not getting the job done. Funny enough, that was Frank Reich, right, who got fired to bring back Ken Wisenhunt a few years yeah. ago, uh, to say the least. But there is some precedent for that. The Chargers getting rid of a head coach after two seasons with a – above 500 record we haven't seen it with this ownership right and we just haven't seen it with this team no if it did happen it would be the justin herbert effect where it's like hey even with a winning record that's not enough which if we're all being fair it's not enough it's not just being about 500 is not where you need to be if you have someone like justin herbert but it's not just him it's joe lombardi it's tom telesco a lot of people will have questions to answer after the season is over for sure and heads can roll even if it doesn't end up being Brandon Staley's head but if the Chargers want to get back into it though and make something meaningful out of this season they must get healthier and they're going to need some reinforcements back if they want to win either of these next two games and the other thing they want to do or have to do if they're going to win either of these next two games which they have to get one of is the offensive line just has to play better whether it's getting guys back whether it's just improving they can't be as bad as they have been and think they're going to beat these good teams they have coming up on their schedule so we're going to get into that coming up right after this but first I need to tell you guys about something that is revolutioning, revolutionizing the hiring game. Of course, I'm talking about LinkedIn jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. My wife uses LinkedIn jobs every day, and she kind of gave me the breakdown of how it all works and showed me she's able to make a job post in less than two minutes. That is incredibly fast, not taking too much time out of your day. And right now, guys, it's a tough time to hire people. In the holiday season, people aren't trying to change jobs as much. LinkedIn Jobs is something that's helped her break through to people. And I think the one thing that's great about finding the right candidate right now is you can finish the year on a strong note. I mean, I think we've all worked with a great employee, right? A great coworker. Ain't bad coworkers, right? And know the difference between those two. Sometimes getting that one good hire that kind of brings the crew together is something that can be huge for your business. And you can do that more easily with LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you guys again for making us your first listen, as always. And for your second listen today, make sure to check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today is available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast from. All right, Dave, let's continue this buy or sell here with talking about a couple of things that have to get better. Really, I mean, I guess to save Justin Herbert's life, but really for this Chargers team to look like at least somewhat closer to the team we were hoping it would be this year. And unfortunately, a lot of that has to do with health. You talked about it with Brandon Staley and, you know, potentially keeping his job because of the injuries and wouldn't be the first time we've seen that with the Chargers head coach by any means. But 
most importantly, like the Chargers have to get healthier. I mean, to consistently win games, but for these next two games coming up, I don't know how they can do it with the injury reports that they've been putting out there and the guys they've had on injured reserve. So the buy or sell is this today. The Chargers won't win either of the next two games if they can't get healthier. I'm definitely buying it 100%. There's no way that they can expect to go into these next two games against the Miami Dolphins, who are one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL and really one of the most explosive offenses the last like 20 years. I mean, the, the, the weapons that they have, the, the way they call plays, I mean, they are looking to attack. They're going to put up points regardless of what you do. It just seems like that's what the, the, the type of offense they have. And then on the other side for the Tennessee Titans, like they're just a physical team. Like they, yeah. they really take on the, you know, the ideas and the the mantra and just the style of their head coach. I really feel like yeah, that's the mentality true. for Mike, sure. Yeah, exactly. Mike Vrabel is, you know, he was a linebacker in the league, a very physical player, a very good player in, in the NFL. And and that team really embodies that. They're a very, very physical football team. Something I wish the Chargers were, honestly. Right. Um, but yeah, they have to get healthier. They, they need to have guys come back and really play well to be able to compete and win either of these next two games. Yeah, and unfortunately for the Chargers, right, the list just gets longer every week. Every week you're losing impact players in these games, and this week you had multiple guys that either got injured or re-injured themselves. Most recently, I mean, most importantly, I think from this last game, maybe, I mean, Sebastian Joseph Day sprained his MCL in this game. We heard from Brandon Staley that we'll know about more, more about that later on in the week. And also Bryce Callahan, which, yeah. I mean, you can blame the Chargers medical staff for a lot of things, but Bryce Callahan has had one of the healthiest seasons he's ever had as a professional. He re-aggravated his groin on the touchdown on the flea flicker to Devontae Adams, which we heard from Brandon Staley. He should have had help from over the top from Derwin James, who bit down on the run face. Seems like we hear that a lot. About Derwin James? No, no about I having mean, help. Not, not about yeah. Derwin James in general, mm-hmm. just about having help. No, I mean, and like the thing is, like, it's hard for me to blame Derwin James for. Oh, yeah, I'm not blaming Derwin. No, I know you're not. I'm just saying in general, though, like, it's hard to blame Derwin James for biting on a run when it's like he's been the guy that's been most successful stopping the run for the Chargers in their secondary. So it is what it is. But this is the rest of kind of where we're at at the injuries with the injuries at this point. Corey Lindsley is still in concussion protocol as we're recording the show. A little bit of good news. Donald Parham is supposed to return to practice. They're going to start the 21-day window that they can bring him back and activate him. That's going to help on the offensive line, helping those guys out, helping the running game, hopefully a little bit, and just making more explosive on offense. Trey Pipkins, still day-to-day. Mike Williams, for the third week in a row, should return to practice this week. Thank Hopefully God. this I is mean, the real week. I would really love to have Mike and Keenan out there against the Dolphins. I mean, that would be huge. No, for sure. I mean, the thing is, is the defense... Joey Bosa is the next guy I want to talk about here because it, Brandon Staley said status quo, meaning he's not going to go. I mean, let's buy yeah. ourselves this right now, David. We didn't even talk yeah. about this. Joey Bosa will play again this season by herself. Yeah, I mean, that one's really, really tough because, I mean, given the window, like he's should already be at least making his way back into practice. And we haven't heard anything outside of he's made his way back into the building and he's in good spirits. I mean, that's great. But. That doesn't tell me anything, and honestly, I think it really just depends on how the Chargers do these next couple of games on whether they should bring him back or not. I mean, if it's even questionable that he can come back healthy, then, I mean, that, that's going to be a really hard decision. But if, you know, you're putting me on the spot here, I do think that Joey Bosa will come back and play at some point this season. There's five games left. Yeah. He has a 21-day window to return. 
Why would you bring him back week 16 or week 17 or week right. 18? Yeah. They've said explicitly that it doesn't matter what their record is, is in regards to if they bring him back. Of course, they have to say that publicly. Sure. I'm selling it right now. Chargers win one of these next two games. Maybe I can buy into it a little bit more. I'm selling it right now because I don't see the point and I don't see the progress that would make me think it's soon. I mean, Brandon Steele yeah. is pretty transparent about these things. He's telling you Donald Parham's coming back to, you know, practice this week. I don't even know if Donald Parham will play, but we're sure. hearing when he's starting that window. Joey right. Bosa has not activated that 21 day window. They right. have lesser injuries. We saw Josh Kelly, right, be able to come back and he didn't need like the full ramp up period. It, it's hard to see it at this point, truthfully, right? And, and that's why I think. The importance is trying to get Corey Lindsley back for this game, oh, trying my. to get Trey Pipkins, trying to get Mike Williams, because I think the offense has to just keep up. I think the defense, yes. that ship has seemingly sailed with yeah. what we've seen from them recently. I mean, they've only given up less than 20 points, I think, once this entire season. So, like, and it was against the Broncos, <laughs> of course. But <laughs> the other most important thing to me is the offensive line. And the buy or sell is this today, David. The Chargers won't win either of these next two games if the offensive line can't play better they desperately need to play better and they desperately need to get healthier so i'm buying a thousand percent this is from daniel popper of the athletic the chargers gave up 22 pressures according to pro football focus herbert was pressured on 44.4 percent of his drop packs and 54.4 percent in the first quarter that is atrocious and it's been that way the last three weeks for the chargers offensive line they have really really struggled to give justin herbert any time to dissect the defense and really make plays down the football field so Corey Lindsley's so incredibly important and we've talked about it many times is just the way he commands things in the middle and he's that force multiplier he really makes everybody better around him because he knows everyone's assignments and he's able to help like he's his head's always on the swivel he's just a very intelligent player and then Trey Pipkins obviously you know he's been battling you know battling all season with that MCL injury it, it feels like and you know he's obviously very very important they they need that protection they need that time they need to allow justin herbert to be the best version of himself in this and that's with being able to move and make decisions in the pocket without getting pressure in his face all the time i don't think they have any chance unless they can get you know substantially better play from their offensive line i think you can get away with it against bad teams and they barely did against the cardinals even though they gave up you know 19 pressures in that game i'll raise you with another daniel popper stat Besides the last game, as you said, the last few weeks, right? The Herbert was pressured 45.3% of his dropbacks against the Cardinals in week 12 and 45.9% of his dropbacks in week 11 against the Chiefs. That's constant. That's the highest yeah. rates in the league. That's historically bad is what the Chargers have been getting. And Justin Herbert is a magician. Like, it's just an absolute magician that yeah. he doesn't allow that stuff to make him turn the football over, to throw interceptions, to fumble the football. I mean, you got to give yeah. Justin Herbert credit for being able to still make some plays and make some amazing throws and some splash plays with that amount of constant pressure in his face. A hundred percent. That's why, I mean, Trey Pipkins and Corey Lindsay were in there for those games, those other games, right? For at least parts of them. Trey Pipkins, a couple games ago, was able to come back in when he originally re-aggravated his MCL and Storm Norton had to get, you know, moonlight in there for a few snaps. I think it's good he got that last week off. They said it's basically yeah. rest is the only thing because he's going to be dealing with it the rest of the season. So right. hopefully they can get him back. But I'm just, I, I hate going into every game just like, please do not let Justin Herbert just get crushed in this game. Seriously, like, it just, man. 
they're putting him in danger. It's like Andrew Luck asked, right? Russell Wilson early on asked where it's just like they're letting him take a beating back there right now, and it's just hard to watch. And offensively, the Chargers are just futile. They're not a good enough offense. The scheme's not good enough. Coaching yeah, they can't run the football enough. well enough to protect the him. Players in that aren't way, healthy in that enough either. A hundred percent. And the running game's been bad. Everything has been bad, and and it's all affecting the offense. The offense can't get anything going in the running game. They totally shut down offensively when they're giving up as much pressure as they have been. And when they take, you know, a whole half to try to figure anything out or to slow them down at all. So it's it just, I mean, it's it's hard to watch right now. But the offensive line has to be better in these next two games if they're going to have a chance to win against these good teams. It doesn't have to be great. It just has to be better. But, yes, Justin Herbert, the fact that he hasn't been turning the ball over so much more with how much under pressure that dude is, absolutely insane right it's insane they should have given up six sacks in the last game and then the forced fumble that max crosby got didn't count as a sack because justin herbert somehow picked it up and gained yardage out of it after you know he technically got strip sack but the Chargers aren't doing enough strip sacking of their own and one of the things that's become glaring during joey bose's absence is the absolute lack of pass rush without him so we're going to talk about how khalil Mack is somewhat underachieved this year under you know intense attention from other teams obviously going into every game but there being literally no one else besides that because me, Chris Rumpf, and Kyle Fanway all have the same amount of sacks right now. So we're going to talk about the Chargers' need at that position going forward and also talk about Zant, who did have his matchup against Devontae Adams. Probably didn't go as well as he would have hoped it could have. So we're going to get into that. But first, I need to tell you guys that this episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts we're sure you're going to love. Find Block Forever now wherever you get your podcasts. Audible has a bunch of good football podcasts out right now, guys, that you guys should all check out. But Block Forever is a brand new podcast for, from former NFL All-Pro Ryan Khalil on Audible. He gives football fans an insider's look at the game through the eyes of the greatest players and personalities of all time. You'll hear from guys like Christian McCaffrey and his love-hate relationship with fantasy football, which I'm surprised any of the NFL players like fantasy football. Or you can hear Juju Smith-Schuster give his most honest opinions about other players around the league. That is something other players are usually not willing to say about other players around the league. But New episodes of Block Forever will be recorded and released every week ahead of Thursday Night Football. And Khalil sits down with the star players, coaches, and former pros across the week to get the real stories about what's happening inside the locker room, what's happening on the plane rides back to their hotels, all the different things you don't get to hear from most podcasts. Make sure you guys are checking it out. And it's available for free on Audible or wherever you get your podcast from. Catch the full Block Forever series available wherever you get your podcast. Available anywhere now. Audible, get in the game. David, let's continue this buy or sell talking about something that has really cropped up as a huge issue for the Chargers. Something that, you know, I think for most of the season going into the you know, next season, based on what they didn't do this season, you'd think, okay, hey, the Chargers have to get some more speed at wide receiver, which they do, right? The offensive line still seems like it needs some help. You need some help at linebacker. Feels like you need help at safety. There's a lot of holes, but one of the things that has definitely jumped to kind of the top of the list is edge rusher. And that's surprising because... You have Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, so that should not be as much of a need as it is for the Chargers, but yet we're here today, David, and the buy or sell is this. The Chargers need to use premium resources this coming up offseason at edge rusher if they want to try to fix the problem they have there right now. Yeah, and specifically in the draft because they're not going to really have any money to go out right. there and sign another pass rusher. So, yes, I'm buying it completely, and the reason why is because outside of Khalil Mack and Derwin James, there really hasn't been anyone that has gotten after the quarterback for the Chargers. I mean, we'll give Drew Tranquil some, some credit, too. He has three sacks on the year, but no other pass rusher has 
any kind of production at all. And unfortunately for Joey Bosa, he's a phenomenal player, fantastic football player, but he's missed 28 games in his career. He's he's played in three full seasons out of his seven. And so you can't exactly depend on Joey Bosa to be out there and to be healthy and to be contributing for you. And that hurt, that hurts, you know, it hurts for me to say that, but that's the facts, you know? So the chargers desperately need to add premium resources, need to spend premium resources on a pass rusher, and yes, I would say in the first round, it is a huge, huge importance. You got to get after the quarterback in this league, and the Chargers are not doing that nearly enough or well enough. Yeah, and I mean, this doesn't rule out for me, you know, taking wide receiver in round one. But like, I think edge rusher in round one wouldn't be as much of a conversation if this season hadn't played out the way it was. And like, truly, I think if they could just find some, you know, average players to back up guys like Julio Mack and Joey Bosa. Maybe we're not even having this conversation, right? Like this year, the other guy that's not Joey Bosa and Julio Mack has made me miss Kyler Fackrell, right? Like it's been really, really bad so far this year because Chris Rump and Kyle Van Noy, the guys that you were going into the season feeling like, Hey, Chris Rump can take a step, a step. And you know, Kyle Van Noy can do what he's been able to do for most of his career and be an average to above average pass rusher. You're pretty set at edge rusher. You have better depth in this position group than you had in years past. And those two guys, I mean, Chris Rump has been injured, right? Kyle yeah. Van Noy, I truly believe, was brought in to be more of an off-ball linebacker. And, like, we were saying, hey, obviously, in a case of emergency, you'll have to play edge and you feel decent about it. Yeah. That was wrong because yeah. they've all been bad. I mean, they, uh, the other yeah. guys have been bad. Khalil Mack hasn't been, I think, what you'd hope, obviously. He's a $30 million a year player. That means certain yeah. things. Yeah. You're going to have to break through tough matchups, and you're going to have to be able to make an impact anyways. That's just yeah. part of the game. But Chris Rump is, okay, let's go past rushing grades. Chris Rump, 114th out of 119 players in pass rushing grade, according to PFF, which is not the gospel by any means. Kyle Vannoy, no. 118th out of 119. Sheesh. But it's seeing those grades but, and other things that go along with that, right, which is Kyle Vannoy only gets pressured on 3.8% of his rushes, which is 108th out of 119 players. This is all players who have at least 100 pass rushing snaps this season. Chris Rumpf, 109 pass rushing snaps this year. He gets pressure on only 5.3% of them. That ranks 84th out of 119 players. Like, it's one thing to, you know, have a drop-off from your great players to your backup players. It's another thing to go from a great player to players who were the worst in the league at their position. Yeah. And you add to that that neither one of those guys, Chris Rump or Kyle Van Noy, has been the answer on the edge and is really, you know, they have both been a problem of some really big rushes against the Chargers yes. this season and run defense as well, being able to keep contain and be able to set a physical edge. And it's probably not fair for Chris Rump with the kind of project he was to take on this kind of role this season, right? Or Kyle Van Noy to come in and, and replace Joey Bosa. They can't do that. No. But you have to get better contributors for these guys that you're trying to build the depth on this roster with. And now it's looking like, okay, well, what is Chris Rump at this point as a fourth-round pick? Is this another throwaway pick, right? Yeah. Is this another season where you failed to kind of build the depth you needed defensively to not have it fall off a cliff? Like, it's just crazy. Well, it's like, what are they bringing to the table? What can they put, like, hang their hat on and say, hey, this is what I do well for this football team? Yeah. Is it a pass rush? No. Is it stopping the run? No. Is it contributions on, on special teams? Maybe. Maybe that's right. something you can say, but that's not enough. That's not enough for, from guys that you're expecting to get some kind of production from, any kind of production from. Yeah. And we really haven't seen that at all. And that's why every team has been able to say, well, I'm just going to prevent 
Khalil Mack from from getting to the quarterback. And then, you know, I know nobody else besides Derwin James is going to be able to get there. So I got to pay attention to him. But that's about it. And I know it's not realistic to think you're going to have guys and just come play great off the bench. You just need guys to do something. If it's just the pass rush grade, it's one thing. If it's just the zero sacks between the two guys, that's one thing. If it's just the pressure percentage, that's another thing. But it's just all of the factors, all the of run the defense, above. all of it put together is just leading to a total mess. And Quill Mack hasn't been good enough either, right? I mean, seven no. sacks is nice, but his pressure percentage is 51st so far this season amongst edge defenders. And he's getting the terrible end of the stick. He's getting double yeah. teamed. Every team is game planning away from him. And teams are getting a, doing a good job of not letting him make an impact, but he has to take it upon himself to and make a bigger impact than he has been making over these last few weeks. It's just not enough from him right now. A guy yeah. who's going to command as much money as he's going to command over the next couple of seasons. But I do want to get into one more buy or sell here. I obviously made a big deal about this was going to be a great opportunity in this last game to see how far Asante Samuel Jr. has come this season in his second matchup against Devontae Adams. Two matchups down, two times where Asante Samuel Jr. is getting toasted. So, David, the buy or sell is this. Asante Samuel Jr. has potential, but he still has a ways to go as an NFL cornerback. Yeah, I'm, I'm buying that. And, and, and you know, I don't necessarily want to, but, you know, you kind of have to. I mean, going if you look at the stats, there's been three games that have really stuck out more than anything else this season. And it's been both games against the Raiders, against Devontae Adams, giving up over 100 yards um, and against the, the Kansas City Chiefs as well. He had a the second time against one. the Chiefs. Yeah, the second time against the Chiefs, he gave up two touchdowns. Four of his six touchdowns that he's given up this season has been against Devontae Adams and the Kansas City Chiefs. But there's been other parts of his game that have also not been quite where you expect them or where you want them to be. But he's still having a great season. I mean, I think most of the time you'll you'll take 61.5 reception percentage and you'll you know, you'll you'll take only six missed tackles on the year like that's decent. But. There's some things that you like about Asante, but there's still a lot of things to build off of and to grow from. Yeah, I mean, I'm still bullish on Asante Samuel Jr. Like, I still yeah. think that you see the signs there. Even on the touchdown, Devontae Adams, he recovered from a double move, still got in the play and actually got a fingertip on further review of that ball, just didn't get enough on it. Let's be honest, you still have to make those plays. Yes. Getting close on plays like that with game-changing, you know, momentum-swinging plays, you have to be able to make those plays because if not, you're just a guy with flashes. You can't be a cornerback and only have flashes. That's what I'm trying to say right. here, right? Like, and, and like, if you are, you better be Trayvon Diggs where it's 10 interceptions in a season, right? And like, yeah. you'll deal with all the other times of getting burnt because Impact the play plays. Michael Davis broke up the third touchdown to Devontae Adams. Sandy Samuel Jr. would have been beat for another touchdown on the other side. There was a guy running wide open. He was in man coverage, got picked, you know, so – the biggest thing is run defense. He's just not filling the correct way in run defense. He doesn't have to make every tackle, and he's at least a willing tackle, and we've talked about that. But, like, you have to shrink down that gap when you're yeah. the corner coming in to try to make a tackle. You have to be able to keep contain on the outside. You have to be able to make it tougher and give your safeties and guys coming up in support less room where they have, you know, so much less open space for them yeah. to have to go make, you know, an open field tackle against these guys. He's just not playing the run correctly at all, and that's something that's tough. Because he has been willing to tackle. It's just he has not been a good run defender. Those are two different things, right? Those are two things yeah. that don't have to be mutually exclusive. I love Asante Samuel Jr. I love his mentality. I love the grit that he plays with. I love the reckless, you know, tackling sometimes where it's reckless abandon. He doesn't care. He's throwing his body on the line for the team, right? Like he has a lot of the great qualities. 
he caused an interception in this game that turned into a pick six and got the Chargers points they desperately needed and would have yeah. gotten blown out without. Let's also mention that. He had a fantastic yeah. play in this game, and he's had a couple of plays like that where you know he hasn't necessarily had the interception, but he's made big impact plays for this team. He's still just trying to find that consistency, right? Yeah. But like you can see it's there, and I don't think this is a bad place for him to be in his second season. Yeah, a lot a of room player. to grow. Yeah, ton of potential. Athletically, I mean, I think everything's there, right? He, he has the speed and things like that. He's gotten torched by guys like Devontae Adams and Travis Kelsey. What are you going to do at a certain point, you know? So a lot of potential. I'm still very high on him, but still has a ways to go before we're talking about him as a really good NFL corner. I just don't quite think he's there yet. He has every tool in the box to get there, though. But thank you guys again for making us your first listen today and checking out the show to make sure you never miss it. Go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. Every Monday through Friday, you can find us Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever. And we appreciate you guys checking us out, as always. If you want to make sure you don't miss the show, you can also find us on all social media. You can find us on Twitter at LockdownLAC. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogmar on Twitter at DroTalkSD. You can also find the show's page at LockdownLAC and our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page. Make sure you guys are back here tomorrow for our Chargers mailbag when we're going to get into your guys' questions. You can do that by hitting us up on Twitter, like I said, at LockdownLAC. Or you can call into the Locked On Chargers voicemail line at 323-524-7924. Appreciate you guys checking out the show today. If you guys want to get your questions in, make sure you do that. Hopefully, we can see the Chargers string together some wins. Make this season matter at the very least, right? Give themselves a chance. Get an upset in one of these next two games. Win against a good team for the first time this season. We'll see if we can do it, but we appreciate you guys coming along for the ride. It really does mean a lot to us especially with a turbulent team like the Chargers. So we'll be back here tomorrow, guys, with your Chargers mailbag. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.